Good morning, Kingdom, or happy afternoon. Should I say happy 4th of July? Who is happy to celebrate the freedom that God has given us this weekend? Amen. You know, uh, so this Sunday is Student uh, Takeover. Uh, it's Kingdom Student Takeover. We're just excited. I don't know if you know this, you stepped into a special Sunday. We've got three students that are going to be sharing the Word of God this morning. And so I want to invite them up, you guys. Welcome our students this morning. We're going to have student takeover with Kingdom Youth. We have three special young ladies. We've got Mia Sanchez, who is a freshman at OHS. Yeah. All right. Micah Molina, who's a junior at New Tech. Okay. And then we've got Ketsi Yurkidis, who's a senior at Permian. All right. I want you to know a little bit about our mission at Kingdom Youth. Um, it aligns with our mission here. It's, uh, our, our mission at Kingdom Youth is for every student to develop a real relationship with God through prayer, his word, worship, and service. Um, this season, the Lord has grown us not only in numbers, but also spiritually deep. And I want you to know one of the things we're having a lot at Kingdom Youth is uh, conversations, right? We're getting deep. We're getting vulnerable with each other. And then the second thing is we're encountering God in a supernatural way. When they come up, and they're going to share here in a bit, I want you to know it's not their words. It's the Holy Spirit working through them. They can attest. They're like, it's not me. So I just talked to a few uh, people after service, and I said, you have the authority to preach the word of God. And a couple of the adults were like, I don't know if I could do that. I said, you serve the same God, so you have the same authority. These are just examples of if we come to the Lord like children, what God can do with our lives. Um, So before the students speak, I want to share a quick word. What's going to happen today is I'm going to share, then we're going to go down the line, and the Lord has specific words for every single student or through the students to you guys. And so the Lord, uh, just yesterday, the day before, the Lord gave me a message for our mothers and fathers. Now you're thinking, okay, mothers and fathers, there are many of us who aren't mothers and fathers. I have been in uh, the youth ministry for four years. In that first year, I just, it was hard to establish myself as a father with no children, but yet I was growing students. And I want you to know this message about fathers and mothers is actually how to be sons and daughters. And so today through this message, I'm going to show you more so not how to be spiritual mothers and fathers, but spiritual leaders in the environments that you come into. For example, your extended family, they don't know who Jesus is, but they know how you are as a spiritual leader whether you are great at it or you're a poor example of what the Lord is doing through you. Again, through your workplace. I remember whenever I was 18, I started working at the courthouse for two years at the clerk's office. And I remember, I didn't tell anyone, hey guys, I'm a Christian, I'm over here if you need prayer. They saw me by my fruit. And they said, John is a guy who's trustworthy, so I can go to him for prayer. I want you to know this is what we're establishing here at Kingdom Church. People who know Jesus, hear his voice, and follow him. So through this uh, little message I'm going to share with you guys is um, I want you to know it wouldn't be right for the students to speak the word of God and lead you if I didn't teach you first how to know and lead others to Jesus. So this message I'm sharing is spiritual fathers and mothers, how you can learn to be sons and daughters so you can further be mothers and fathers to others. The takeaway today is how to spiritually lead and guide your children, your environments, your, your workplace, so other people do not have to. Because if we don't, who will? Um, I just want to share with you guys a dream I just woke up to this morning. So this is fresh off the press. And I shared with the students, I was like, should I share this? And they said, yes, you have to. So last night, and this is a spiritual prophetic dream. I woke up in my dream, 
And I saw that the Lord had given me the title of a head coach of a football team. I felt like it was like the Dallas Cowboys. So it was like not a daytime game. It was a nighttime game. It was amazing. I was like, man, God, you give me. And I wore like a name badge that said head coach. I was like, okay. And so I was driving into a go-kart into the stadium. This is a dream. And I remember I, I went straight to the locker room. And I went into the locker room and I saw football players, right? But they were very um, not depressed. They were uh, just uh, sad that they hadn't won any games this season. So I said, all right. But I'm not, I don't relate the Cowboys to the not winning, please. But, I, but listen up. I know you're like, oh my gosh. But I want you to know the Lord showed me Texas, right? He's, he's, re- he's wanting to release this new anointing on Texas, right? This region. And what happened is I went to the locker room and, and they were like, how are we going to win this game? And I was like, well, I'm the head coach. Like the weirdest thing is, and I want this relates to mothers and fathers or leaders in the room, is many of you guys have been given positions of authority, but you do not know how to lead. Okay. Me as a youth pastor, I had no idea how to lead. But in, in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, he, Paul, said, Paul wrote two-thirds of, of the New Testament. And he said, just follow me as I follow Christ. Okay. I think many of us don't know how to teach our children how to follow Christ because we don't know how to follow Christ. A few years ago, I was living in Chicago and um, I was working for a church there. And uh, a father came up on Father's Day in June 2017. And he shared three things that he wanted to establish within his family. And I believe every father can agree with me. He said for his kids, he says, I heard a father share, I want my kids to, number one, really understand me and my values, right? As a father, you want to pass on the values you've established in your family. The second thing he said he, want, uh, he wants my kids, he wanted his kids to, is to talk to him about their dreams and desires. If you're a father and you're a good father, you're going to want to know what the dreams and desires that the father has put in your children. The third thing is, he says, and I want them to figure it out with me together in relationship. But I want you to know this is how the father in heaven is. He wants us to know his values. And what is his values? The word of God. If we don't get the word of God and we're not going to know anything about him. The word. The second is talk to him about our dreams and desires. That's simply a dialogue. That is prayer. If we don't talk to him, how is he going to establish the dreams and desires and flourish them? We have to talk to him in prayer. The third thing is to reflect on this father's message is to figure it out with the Lord in relationship. You see, our father in heaven wants to figure things out with us, figure things out with him in our lives. But if we don't do this daily, how's anything going to get accomplished? I want you to know with these students and all of our kingdom youth, the Lord has been working on their hearts because we've had these conversations and we really encountered the Lord. Again, I can't teach them anything. The Lord has to teach them. I want you to know, uh, four years ago, I began a journey of me starting a master's of divinity. And I've been four years in school just working hard. But I want you to know there's nothing like just the word of God and the Lord speaking to you. You don't have to have a degree for the Lord to speak. And I believe you're going to learn a lot from these students say a lot. And I believe they're fired up and ready. But I want you to know this. When I was in that dream, the Lord told me this. Oh, and I'm going to go back and I forgot to say this is in whenever I left out the locker room in my dream, the guys went out into the field and it was halftime and it was a tied game. And it was so weird happening. It was a very, it felt like a long dream, but I was just amazed by what the Lord was doing. And I was there as the head coach. Well, it was a second half and all of a sudden, I guess they, the game ended 
And it was like 60 to 30, and our team had one. And the guys were just celebrating like, wow, look what God did. And at the very end of it, I went, I was asking the Lord, Lord, like, what, do you, what does this dream mean? And I remember in my dream, I'm like, what the heck? And the Lord said, everything you do with me, you will win in. But everything you do without me, you will, you will fail. I had a conversation um, a couple weeks ago with uh, a couple of our students, and they said, John, I've been trying, I've been trying. And I asked them, did you do it with the Lord, though? If you didn't do it with the Lord, you, you're not going to succeed. Well, at the end of my dream, I go back into the locker room, and I couldn't find any of the guys. They were all celebrating. And then I saw in the locker room, I saw another team, right? And I saw a team that was ready, and it was guys who were ready. They were ready, but they didn't have any armor on or gear on. And then I saw to the left, there was a, a locker room full of girls who were ready and had put their gear on. And they'll ask the Lord, Lord. And when I woke up this morning, I said, Lord, why did I see that? And the Lord said, because the men are ready, but they're not prepared. And the women are putting their gear on and they're ready. And I really believe that this church, we're not only empowering young people, we're empowering women. Where the church has been long gone, oh, limiting women, we're empowering them. But the only way is when fathers step up and mothers step up. Again, am I a father with uh, physical children? No, but I can claim my authority in Christ. I want you to know this, that fathers and mothers don't feel ready in this season, but you as spiritual mothers and fathers just need to show up and partner with the Lord and he will win the battle for you. You know, you can only become a spiritual father and mother if you know that you're a son and daughter first. Um, I want to read the scripture 12, Hebrews 12, 9 through 11. And it explains everything I've been saying. It says, moreover, this is Paul saying to the Hebrews, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as, they thought, as though they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Again, we've been training all of our students at Kingdom Youth to, to know how to hear his voice and follow him and how to know the Lord deeper. But I want you to know this. You cannot lead your coworkers, your family, your spouse in the Lord if you first have not been led by the Lord. You know, I'm going to ask you this. Are you willing to follow Christ so others around you follow him? It's, you have to answer that call first. He, uh, Psalms 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Are you giving your family and friends a vision so they can delight in their father? If not, when you live out your salvation without conviction, it goes against the message you're trying to teach or preach because there's no power in your life. You see, people are broke. Families are broke because they're not depositing into their families. Your family and relationships will be poor because you never deposited faith in them. The reason why Odessa won't spiritually grow is because either we aren't a good son or daughter, we're not stewarding our time with the Lord, with our Father, or two, you're a Christian and you're a good, you are not a good father because you're hiding your identity in your relationship with God, with your family, your friends, and your spouse. Remember, if you pray, your kids will pray. If you read your Bible, your spouse will read the Bible. If you live in breakthrough, your family is going to live in breakthrough. 
This is a word for us to spiritual mothers and fathers. This is everyone in the room. I don't care if you have children or not. Your environments are either thermostats that you set the tone in or temperatures that you just live in this environment and you never grow in. I believe that many of us need to answer the call. The Lord spoke to me a clear word on Thursday. It was a prophetic word. And uh, it just came and I was like, man, I have to share this because this is a word for the body of Christ. And this is to me, but I'm going to read it like it's to you guys. The Lord said to me, you have only begun to see the weight of glory I've put in you as mothers and fathers. You carry such a beautiful call that you need to carry and steward. You are fathers. You are mothers. But first you are sons and you are daughters. Love my children and steward them well. I am the Lord your God and I'm coming very soon. Gather my family and tell them to bring the lost for the time is coming where I will come for my sons and daughters. I really believe the Lord is giving that message to us. But I want to ask you guys, what is he speaking to you? What is he speaking to your family? What is he speaking about your relationships, about your marriage? I believe this is a word for all of us. And, um, as we uh, continue on in this uh, um, student takeover, I want us just to pray and allow the Lord to seep in our hearts. If you just bow your heads with me. Father, I just pray. Fear go, Holy Spirit come. I thank you, Jesus, any fear, anxiety, or temptation to believe in, that Lord, is, that is not of you, it has to leave. And I pray for pure hearts. And as these students speak, I pray, Lord, conviction to arise, challenges to be accepted. Father, we just say we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, Mia, come on up. Amen. She's fired up, y'all. All of them are fired up. Get ready. Good morning, church. Um, if y'all are happy to be here this morning, say praise God. All right, so as, y'all, a lot, as a lot of y'all might know, my name is Mia Sanchez. I'm a freshman, or I'm going to be a freshman at OHS. And I just want to thank John for helping me prepare this message and Micah. And I just want to thank my family that's out here. They're scattered everywhere. But <laughs> um, So what my um, message is going to be about today is the power of the gospel. So the goal of this message is not to only know about the gospel, but to know the power and authority we have behind it. Um, I know I'm only 14, but these past few weeks, God has really shown up for me, and he's really shown me the power and authority uh, the gospel has behind it. The power he gave us to teach about it, the gospel, and release salvation to all people um, using his story or stories known as the Bible. Um, so I'm going to share how to give those broken areas to God. So number one is repent. Say repent. Okay. Okay. Um, call it what it is, it is your sin. It may be a hard attitude like bitterness, rebellion, or pride. In Acts 3.19, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sin may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come to the Lord. So basically, we need to repent, and God will give us a new mindset, and he will just refresh your past, and yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) number two is receive. Say receive. Okay, so ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit to strengthen you and in your thoughts, behavior, and emotions. Um, So honestly, 
if you just ask God, he will receive. You just have to have an open heart to him, and he will receive. <laughs> he, oh, no, you have to receive, and he will give. Sorry. <laughs> okay, number three is rebuke. Say rebuke. Okay, take your rightful place of authority through the power of Jesus' death and resurrection and renounce any comfort or payoff received from the sin. In James 4, 7, it says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, God has given us so much authority, and if you just receive the authority that he gives you, the devil, ooh, hold on, ooh, you, the devil will not be able to get close to you. Like, devil, shut up. Say, devil, shut up. Say, you cannot come near me. Amen. Okay. So number four is replace. Say replace. Okay. Declare old attitudes, actions, and emotions dead dead and paid for fill your heart and mind with truth that is consistent with character of jesus christ and god's word walk out with your repentance with action ask the holy spirit to guide and empower you to do it okay so basically if you just declare we have to declare the authority god has given us our sins are paid for. He said, God sent his one and only son to die for us a long time ago. And so everything we do is paid for. That was off subject. But I just had to say that. The Holy Spirit was just leading me to say that. Um, in Galatians 2.20. <laughs> in Galatians 2.20. Hold on. Give me a second. Okay. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me the life I live in the body I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me um I had to repent from the spirit of rejection from my past and I give the situations to God so I received and God filled me with the Holy Spirit as y'all can tell um (laughs) Why is this four-step process important? Because there is authority and power that comes from your repentance. When you repent, um, demons have to flee. When you ask God for salvation, healing, and breaking, you have to come. Like, salvation will come. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story from yesterday. (laughs) Okay, so we were coming back from Dallas, me, Micah, and John, because me and Micah had been, or we went to Dallas for a camp, and it's called um, Riders, Circuit Riders, right? Circuit Riders. And so we were preparing for this message, and he was like, you just have to rebuke and receive. But in order to rebuke and receive, you have to repent. No, in order to rebuke and replace, you have to repent and receive. Okay, let me pray for y'all. So close y'all's eyes and bow y'all's heads. <laughs> Lord, I just thank you for today, God. I just thank you for um, for um, letting letting us intercede to the Holy Spirit, God. 
we just thank you for everything you've done. Lord, we thank you for this morning. God, I just pray that this, um, Lord, whatever you have me say, Lord, that they just grab it and they just put it deep in their hearts, Lord. Because this word isn't from me, God, but it's from you. And that's why it's so important that they just grab it, God, and they just put it deep in their hearts and they just receive what you have for them. Lord, and I just pray that they just declare the authority that you've given them, God, and that they just grab it, Lord, because it's so powerful. Lord, the authority that you've given us, we just thank you and we just thank you that you give us, um, that you've given us that, um, the, the authority of God in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Good morning. Okay, so I had like wrote a message on Wednesday and Thursday, and it was called Purposely Made, but... God was not calling me to talk about that this morning, and I got confirmation this morning, which was so crazy, because I'm going to be talking about forgiveness, and Kristen actually came up to me, and she told me that that God gave her a verse, which, let me share this verse with y'all, because it like, resonates so much in this message, and it's Mark 11, 25, and it says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So, the title of this message is, Your Unforgiveness is Holding You Back. (laughs) Your Unforgiveness is Holding You Back. (laughs) Okay. So, I know a lot of us in here have been, like, holding grudges or have been very bitter due to past, like, injustices that were done to us. And one of the reasons we're not healing from this is because we still need to forgive Jesus forgave all of us, no matter how much we strayed from him, and he wants us to be able to forgive as well. Okay, so whenever, like, okay, hold on, like, three years ago, when my dad got saved, he started living with us again, and when I tell y'all I was mean to him, I was so mean to him. I was like, I would bully him every day, like, whenever he tried to hug me, I'd be like, oh, go away, but... I didn't realize that still deep down in my heart, I had not forgiven him. It didn't matter if he was saved or not. I still wasn't forgiving him. And I need to heal from that. In Psalms 103.3, it says, He forgives all of my sins and heals all my diseases. <laughs> the reason some people deal with depression and anxiety is because they have not released their unforgiveness to God. Unforgiveness, it takes root in your heart and it starts to bear fruits of things like anger, bitterness, and jealousy. But when we're able to forgive, we start to bear fruits like love, kindness, joy, and patience. Forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. Forgiveness, it doesn't validate the injustice that was done to you, but the forgiveness flows from our love and humility. Forgiveness is literally the foundation of God's kingdom and the very nature of God himself. Forgiveness is not for, for them, but it's for you. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. So when we're able to forgive, we are able to purify and heal from that. We have to allow Jesus to pay the cost and release the offender from their obligation to us. Okay, I'm about to step on some toes here. (laughs) 
Okay, some of y'all's marriages are broken because y'all have not forgiven y'all's spouse. Some people are still stuck on their ex because they haven't forgiven them, and that's carrying into their next relationship. Some of you guys still haven't forgiven y'all's fathers, y'all's mothers, any of y'all's family members, and that's going to carry on to y'all's children and start a generational curse. The cure to this bitterness and anger is forgiveness. In order to receive this forgiveness, we must understand and experience God's forgiveness of our sin. He chose to focus on his desire to forgive us rather than to hold us accountable for our failures. God literally sent his one and only son to die on the cross for us. And like he still forgives us every single day. Like no matter how much Jesus was hurting in the flesh, he still died on that cross for us. So like basically we have to be released and release them. Like release our offender. Okay. <laughs> in 2 Corinthians 5.17 it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So when we're able to forgive, we can become a new person. No matter how much it hurts our flesh, like, we're going to start healing in our spirit. Like, the truth hurts, but it does set you free. Like, freedom <laughs> freedom is right here, and yet we're still in bondage. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay, <laughs> um, so I'm just going to pray for y'all now. <laughs> okay, so bow y'all's heads, close y'all's eyes. Um, God, I just thank you for everyone here today, and I just ask that you just heal everyone's hearts from unforgiveness, Lord. I ask that you help them to be able to go and, and forgive that person that did wrong to them, Lord. Forgive that situation, Lord, and I ask that you just surround them and just fill them with your love and your kindness and your joy, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Okay, so uh, my name is Katsiurkides. I'm 16 years old, and I'm fixing to be a senior at Permian High School. <laughs> So um, a little bit about me is that I've been coming to Kingdom ever since it started and also the youth. Um, I didn't become like a student leader or like building those leadership skills actually till COVID hit. A little after till COVID hit, that's when my faith with God started growing and my relationship with Jesus started, you know, building up and it got me to doing announcements on stage, praying over people. And now I'm here on this stage speaking to every single person. Yeah. <laughs> So if you can just bow your heads, close your eyes, and just pray real quick with me. Okay. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this very beautiful morning. I want to thank you for every single person who is here. I want to pray that whoever came with broken hearts, Jesus, with hurting souls, Jesus, I want to pray that you just guide them and you just heal them with your love and your goodness, Jesus. I want to thank you that I am up here today, and I, I want to pray that whatever you put in my heart that I say, Jesus. And I want to pray that you just guide me and lead me through this message. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I didn't even open up my notebook. Hold on. Okay, so if you're taking notes, or if you're not, um, the title of this message is Hot or Cold. Hot or Cold. Say Hot or Cold. Hot or Cold. Hot or cold. So I'm going to be talking about identity. What is identity? According to Google, it is the fact of being who or what a person is. 
who or what a person is. See, many of you in this room have different identities. Maybe a job identifies who you are, working from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., pushing it down till 9 p.m. Maybe working out identifies who you are. I love working out. I literally live at a gym with my parents, but it's not an all-day, everyday thing for me. But maybe that identifies you. Maybe money identifies who you are. You know, receiving money, making money, spending money identifies who you are. Talking to the youth in here, maybe smoking identifies who you are. Maybe partying identifies who you are. Maybe drinking identifies who you are. Maybe a relationship identifies who you are. But see, many of the adults in here are also trying to act like teenagers. It is time for us to step up and realize that these things that I just listed do not identify you. Our only identity should be, be being sons and daughters in Christ. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> and so something I just wanted to point out is that doesn't matter how young or how old you are, you have identity. Married couples or, or single people, young, the youth, whatever, you have identity. God has a purpose, a unique, specific plan for you to take. Okay? Yes? Yes. So the verse I wanted to share with y'all is Revelations 3.15. So it starts, um, I know all things you do, that you are neither hot or cold. Hot or cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out. I don't want him to spit me out, y'all. So I must stay fully committed with him. Revelations 3.11 says, I am coming soon. If that doesn't make you realize, you know, he isn't playing any games with you anymore. He wants you fully committed, wearing that promise ring every single day for the rest of your life. So a quick example I have for this verse right here is say, you know, he doesn't want us on a Saturday night out at the club out at a, at a party, out drinking, out to your friend's house to Netflix and chill. He don't want, he don't want none of that. And then you go the next Sunday morning on an 11 a.m. service worshiping him like if nothing happened the night before. He don't want that. He wants you all day, every day for the rest of not just in a small group, not just on a Sunday, not just in a, in, a, in a Wednesday youth night, not just at church camp. Like I said, every day, all day. He wants us every day, all day. Yes? Okay. So how do we lose our identity in Christ and why? I'm not explaining reasons why, like how we should lose our identity. I'm mostly explaining like why and why we should stay away from these things. So first of all, temptation, sin, right, what's around us all the time. Who we surround ourselves with, for example, friends, family, co-workers. What we surround ourselves with, a hobby, our favorite sport we like to play maybe, or a job. And then also taking pieces of the world. You step into sin and temptation only if you let yourself take that step. Only if you allow the devil to come in into your life. See, that's why we got to keep that door locked and shut so we wouldn't let the devil come in into your life. See, the devil isn't dumb. He's going to wait for the exact perfect moment to trip you he's gonna stick his foot out and just trip you in the perfect moment and you're gonna fall down and then question your identity in christ but like i said the devil isn't dumb but you guys aren't dumb either so that's why we have to keep that door shut and we gotta keep that door locked and to see our surroundings amen amen okay <laughs> okay so um I really prayed about this, and this is the only, like, easy way I can explain this. So there's God's world, or God's kingdom, and then we have the world. See, I'm going to be 
stepping back and forth. So God's world is us as Christians. Us Christians, we're totally different than what people of the world do, than what normal people do, right? See, us, we pray. We have a relationship with Christ. We know our identity in Christ. We read our Bibles. We come to Sunday church. But see, the world... It is the world here, here physically around us. We have sin, temptation around us 24-7. But that's why we have to be careful with our surroundings. Because if we aren't careful with our surroundings, we're going to uh, dig a hole way too deep because we weren't careful with our surroundings. And before it was too late, we're gonna, we won't be able to get out that hole. But also, good thing, there's people around us that can be good and that can help us be uh, help our identity in Christ. See, it's really easy to fall into temptation and to fall into sin, but it's really hard to get out of it. So that's why we have to be very careful with our surroundings. Yes. So something I wanted to, you know, y'all see the cup right here. So there's water right here, clean, clean water, right? This is us. This is, we're us in God's kingdom, God's world. We're 100% with him. You know, we just came back from church camp all fired up and everything. And then right here, I have food coloring. <laughs> I, this is the world. This is sin, temptation, right? Say I'm not careful with my surroundings. I'm not careful with the people I'm hanging out with. Say some, someone asked me, hey, Ketia, let, let's go smoke. Hey, Ketia, let, let, let's go to a party. Just, just skip school. It's not even all that. It's not important. Skip church. I mean, it's, it's just one day, right? Just one day of youth, no church, right? Go ahead and hit it once. I mean, it's, it's just one time. Oh, go get that boy snap. He has curly hair. Mm. See, and because we weren't careful with our surroundings, this is what we become. We got filled in with what the world has offered us. And because we weren't careful with our surroundings, we fell into this deep hole that we probably, it's too late for us to get out of. Right? Amen. So, amen. <laughs> See, God has way better, way bigger, way offers, way bigger offers than what the world, what, than what any person can offer us. God has a way bigger and better plan for us. So I just want to ask you all this one question. Are you all hot or are you all cold? Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Hmm. You know, one thing as we were preparing Ketsi's message on Wednesday, she said, isn't there a way to make this clear again, right? There's like, I think, vinegar. But I said, no, let's leave it because not pe a lot of people are going to leave this way. Yeah. I said, let them sit with it. Yeah. The sin's still there if they don't confess it, if they don't forgive, if they don't see the power of the gospel. I want everyone to stand up. 